In association with nzhikes.co.nz, welcome to Bushwhacked, not the wrestlers, light-hearted tales of adventure from the wilds of Aotearoa, New Zealand. Dear listeners, welcome to Bushwhacked, not the wrestlers. I'm one host, Cam Clark. Joining me as always, Mark Wilson. Mark, how are you today? Oh, kia ora, namaste, Cameron, my friend. Uh, I'm a lot better than I was the last episode, so happy that I'm going to be able to talk about that. And um, Whoa, 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 save it, well, really save it for the ex- Mark injury update, buddy. Yeah, like, we just absolutely, talked about absolutely. this. I'm we- just excited to get on with things, <laughs> to say the least. To say the least. No, it's all good. Good. It's I'm excited good. as well. Um, now, before before we get too much into it, I do have to uh, announce, just to clarify, the title of the podcast is Bushwhacked, Not the Wrestlers. Now, don't let what I said in previous episodes fool you, dear listeners. Yeah. Uh, it, it is actually Bushwhacked, Not the Wrestlers. We've got official art and everything that says so now. So uh, thank you to my friend Steve Silcox. Uh, for um, doing that art for us, uh, and also thank you to everyone you, who's um, Steve. Yep, we love Steve, uh, and thank you to everyone who's also uh, listened uh, to the to this to our podcast by now and has given us some feedback from it. So there's a long list of people. You all know who you are. We really appreciate it. And uh, kia also, ora, list- kia ora, thank you. yeah, kia ora, kia ora, thank you. Uh, Magwitch as uh, as one of the local indigenous languages, as they say on the side of the world. Um, oh, excellent. Oh, and also, uh, listeners, thank you for still being with us uh, as well. Um, we're also now, we've got the Twitter set up. All right, it's at Bushwhacked Pod. Um, so follow us and please teach me how to use Twitter because I don't understand what I'm supposed to do on it. We're new at this. Yeah, well, I don't know what I'm doing. I look at it and it's just this confusing list of things that people are posting and i don't i don't get it i don't know what i'm supposed to do so yeah so but i know you're supposed to follow us listeners so follow us and and then tell me what i'm supposed to do that'd be much appreciated kia ora kia ora all right now mark we need a mark injury update (laughs) we love these okay it does now um I think with the last injury update, when I was talking about um, the back injections, I did get quite a few things slightly wrong. Yes, uh, so um, I, 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 made some, I made some notes here. I made some notes. Uh, last time you got steroid injections in your discs, and it was discovered that you had codfish vertebrae. But things were yep. starting to happen, and there was a next step on the horizon. So where are we at now? Yep. Yep, so those steroid injections were into bulges in the disc. Mm-hmm. So not just willy-nilly into the the disc itself, but into several bulges, which were in several discs. And um, unfortunately, it looks like that's just a thing. So that's just something that's happened, and um, it may be a little bit to do with the soreness in my back, but it's not really a thing to do with my hip, so 
process of elimination, I guess, is what you can say. So you've just um, randomly dis- an- you've just randomly one. discovered that you've got a terrible back as well as as well as the the hip issue. Kind of always suspected, but I was confirmed. I'd say is the ah. best way to to put it. Um, and so had another one, and that didn't really go anywhere either. And so the next stage is what we're looking at now. Um, is a pain management plan and um, I've got done the very first part of that so I went in and I saw a physio who's also an ACC assessor now we've talked about ACC a couple of times haven't we Cam where if you step off the plane here in Aotearoa New Zealand fall over and break your femur in half it's not going to cost you it's just as we know very jammed up at the moment and so like a lot of the other things, I've got to wait. So basically what happens, I went and had a chat with the fellow, nice guy Josh, down there at Physio South, and he's basically got to present a case, saying we've got this guy here, he's um, a little broken, but is keen to sort of get back and do as much as he can. Um, can we, basically they pay for around six sessions and um, well I haven't been to one yet so uh, we'll have to sort of wait and see what happens with those but there is a catch Cameron Mm -hmm. as we've known with the whole COVID thing and everything else going on and that is it could take up to three months for them to even see the initial report so um, yeah back to the waiting list game. Okay, but are you but you're getting are you are you getting compensation at the moment though? Like you're you're like yeah. So yeah, yeah. So I get eighty percent of my pay. Um, unfortunately, just to to sort of talk about that, since then inflation has gone up by around ten to twelve percent, and I'm still on the you know the original eighty percent. So um, I'm very happy that uh, shout out to Julian Jeremy J and J. The parents, because without them, like, I just don't know how I would have survived. I wouldn't have. I've told them this many times, like, just with how expensive things are. Also, with Tiano, where I live, it, there's no medical things there apart from a basic medical center. So, right. yeah, I would have had to drive. It just wouldn't have worked. So um, they are a massive amount of help. And literally, the thing that's keeping me surviving is uh, we, we go on into the future. Oh. So, um, okay, yeah. well, we're, we're investing in your future then. Absolutely. And I've invested in something else, but that we'll talk about that soon. We're on the uh, injury front. So at the moment, Cam, um, I also went to a chiropractor. Okay. So um, my, my dad is in a tennis group, and more it's just a get-together of blokes. And one of them... And he actually came out of retirement because he was really interested in what was going on. And um, him and his wife have a clinic. And so he sort of looked at me from this way different point of view that I'm sort of really don't know what he's doing because there's a lot of magnets and lights and touching and all that. But um, he's also been the most positive person I've heard for a long time because everyone else, it's more just... We don't really know, stand by. But with him, he's sort of giving me this whole, I don't think your uh, body's permanently broken. There's obviously some issues here, but 
he can see a sort of positive end to this. You know, don't think it's going to happen overnight. And so the first person who's really said that, apart, you know, who has really given me a little bit of hope. So um, that was cool. It's it's good to go to him. Also, he's done a few, what I think are more like a, a UFC wrestling move, where he'll go, all right, here we go, and crack my neck or crack my arm. And it's amazing how much that's just released what must have just been all built up over so long because I haven't been able to do physio because they haven't really known if I've had a hernia or not or anything so the old body's just sort of been sitting on standby and yeah he's sort of broken it back mm. into life yeah from what well from what I from what I, from what I read um, chiropractic is a little bit controversial um, because they can't always replicate the results scientifically um, and um, from what I've been reading like if there are therapeutic benefits, it's akin to what you'd get at a physio. Um, so if your uh, if your if your physio is not not doing what you need it to do, then like I mean you got to seek out what you can seek out, right? And as long as it's giving yeah, you really. that relief, then whatever, right? If it works, it well, works. And I'm I'm just sort of keen to try everything, and yeah, um, yeah, that's sort of at the stage I'm at now where I just want to get on with it. So we've got the chiropractor, and you've got this guy who's a physio slash ACC assessor. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to put you through your paces, and be like, and he's Basically, yeah. and he's going to sort of come up with the plan. So it's so are the surgeries done? Is that is that it? It's now it's just physio at, and at manage this the stage. Pain. So yeah, at this stage, um, as far as I know, who knows? Um, okay. You know, it's looking like there's no. No more under the knife, under the needle. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, uh, and it's just sort of seeing what I can and can't do. It looks like the old abdomen is really weak at the moment. Um, I'd lie and say I've got, you know, an eight-pack, when really I've got just a gut. <laughs> so, um, once again, we've talked about how I've had to go back to square one when it comes to the hiking, and I'm yeah. still getting out there, folks, still doing it, so... Um, if this old fat boy can do it, then anyone else can. Um, with with a bum hip so, yeah. and a bum back. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, yeah. And now yeah. I mean, uh, washboard abs. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's radio. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, me too. Total wash, total yeah, yeah. washboard abs. Grr. Grr. Yeah. yeah, that was that was us flexing, listeners. That's that's yep. just the sound it makes. Washboard abs. All right. Well, moving oh, right dear. along. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think we just. I think. I think I heard them unsubscribing after that one. All yeah, right. yeah. 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 Sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, Mark, can you give us a little background information on uh, the story that you're going to be telling this week? Oh well, Cameron, you can actually help me out with this one now. Um, the story today is actually going to be two stories. So, uh, the first story. Um, we actually have to give a bit of background about uh, as when it's all said and done, I think these days there's not too many people um, I know that I haven't known as long as yourself. Hmm. And so to put that into perspective, um, me and Cam did not go to the same primary school. What do we call that over uh, where you uh, are? <clears throat> Elementary school? Element, of course. Um, but I do remember because I had a, um, a good mate who lived just around the road from me 
and he went to the same school as you, and then we also played cricket against each other. So as far as I know, and I was thinking about this during the week, my earliest memory of Cameron Clark is when a ball was hit into the air, and I, I'm pretty sure you haven't played too many games of cricket, have you, Cam? No, not a lot. <laughs> and the ball came down. Instead of using his hands uh, to catch the ball, Cameron decided to use his face. And uh, <laughs> that's one memory. Uh, that's the earliest memory I have of Cam. Um, so... Moving on from the smash, I think it smashed your glasses and all sorts. Now we to, probably to would be, have been to be, about. To be fair for our for our, our our listeners at home that don't that don't understand the rules of cricket, it did stop the boundary. Like it it did it did. Yeah yeah yeah. My face did prevent the other team from scoring more runs had my face not been in there. So <laughs> yeah, doing doing your job as a fielder. Um, but from there we went to South together, wasn't it? Yeah, so we South would be um, North North American equivalent of uh, grade six, I believe, is when we when we were met when we were uh, we would have been eleven. Hmm. Hmm. And it's a weird thing now thinking back um, how you go to like a prep school for high school here. Do you do that over there? What do you mean? Oh, you mean like uh, the well, in between grades? You only go to. Yeah, the intermediate. You only go to it for two years, and then off you go to another school. Yeah, it's 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 really weird. Like um, they're always changing it, like because like ed- education. Like I'm I'm a teacher, ladies and gentlemen. Just just that's my that's my mm, day yeah, job. Yeah, that's why I want to. Yeah, just um, yeah. And even I can say that like educational scholarship research stuff. They're always changing it. Like sometimes they're like, well, the way that kids develop, it's best if the kids from, you know, age five to eight are together, and then they go somewhere else, and then they change it to no, five to twelve is the best. So over here in uh, North America, we currently have, uh, or where I am anyway in Canada, it's uh, the grades one to four go together, then the five to eights, then the nine to twelve. So one, two, three, four. That's your that's your primary or elementary school, five, six, seven, eight. That's your middle school or junior or junior high, uh, and then nine, ten, eleven, twelve is your high school. Yeah. Right. But when you and me went to school, yep. it was one, two, three, four, five, six elementary, and then seven, eight, middle school or junior high, and then yeah, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and then thirteen in New Zealand. More you know. There you go. Education. That's what we're all about here. Yeah. The, the... Education. <laughs> Education on education. <laughs> welcome, welcome to our podcast. So anyway, uh, comparing uh, yeah. the uh, how how we rank students by <laughs> age in New Zealand versus Canada, um, and other exciting things. People are going, what? Where's the like adventure side of this? What's going on here? I hope anyway, they don't. So we yeah, go to I high hope they didn't start with episode five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. Anyway, anyway. so high school together, we're, we're, we're chill high school, um, then uni, we're sort of still seeing each other, and then boom, you're off on a mission, mm-hmm. overseas, doing your thing. And so I think when you left, there was a guy assembling cabinets in a factory who put cars before everything, mm-hmm. and then on what I think was your first return back in 2012, is that mm-hmm. right? That sounds about right, yep. Was that when you first, yeah. Um, 
you were coming back and uh, young Marky was no longer making cabinets in a factory because he had found a job that would become his passion. He was now a guide on the Rootburn track. And so, of course, you had seen that Facebook. It was, well, 2012 Facebook. What a simple thing it was back then. Uh, but you had obviously seen what I was doing and you're pretty excited to come to New Zealand and come to Queenstown, where I lived. And then we would literally go on our first mish together. Now, um, do you remember much about this mish? Um, was, was... Um... Don't, don't, just say yes or no. Just say yes or no. Okay, I, I think I do. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool. Um, so, compared with the story that um, is actually up on the website and on Facebook, I'm actually going to extend this one. Um, so, uh, so, Cam, if you want to just... Real off an introduction for me. I'll get down to business. All right. Well, I'm I'm excited about I'm excited about this one. This is another personal connection story. All right. Well, without further ado, Mark, take us on a mesh. All right, folks. So this one today is called Sand Flies and Whiskey, and it talks about a little adventure that me and Cam went on, and we went and camped by Lennox Falls in the Rees Valley. Uh, now, before we get there, though, we had to have Cam come from all the way overseas into New Zealand and then make his way to Queenstown, which a lot considered to be the adventure capital or party capital of Aotearoa, New Zealand. And, of course, the motto for people working in Queenstown is work hard, go nowhere. But that means you have a good time and... Some of that involves going out into the amazing countryside that surrounds Queenstown. And I was excited for Cam to come and uh, me to show him the place that I now almost called work. This little adventure was just around the road from the Rootburn track where I was guiding. So Cam comes into Queenstown. I don't, I think we might have gone to a bar the night before, but we kept it fairly mellow. Um, and while that was going on, just a little chat on what we were doing, equipment, and all that. And, um, and then the next day, we were, we were off, heading towards the Rees Valley. Uh, now, Cameron, I'll just bring you into the story almost immediately. Do you remember what you chose to wear on your first hiking adventure with me? Um, I believe I was wearing some jeans. Yes. Um, would, have, would have been wearing some jeans. Yeah. Um, yep. And I seem to remember... Um, Something like uh, they kept falling down, like they weren't good jeans or something. Do you do you remember this? Yeah, and you had like running shoes on, and yeah. um, also you didn't really have a hiking pack, so you borrowed one of mine, which was a smaller pack. But we all we just made it work because I really wanted to take you to mm -hmm. just a cool place. I think I had way bigger aspirations to begin with, and now I thought, no, nah, we'll just go somewhere fairly simple. So. We drive our way from Queenstown and you go along the road to Glen Orkey and that there is one of the finest roads on the planet. Um, that road there is actually responsible, one part of it, Bennett's Bluff, for the 100% New Zealand or Pure New Zealand campaign, which um, really big for tourism in Aotearoa, New Zealand, and they've just started it again. Oh, get I out of here. They're, re they're recycling the yeah. same ad campaign? They're yeah, that's, that's how lazy. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, so we go to the, the Rees Valley. So the Rees Valley is uh, the Rees River flowing into Lake Wakatipu, and we've followed the lake to the top end, the northern end. 
and then we're at this river and then we park up and off we go so cam's kind of got things hanging all sort of things off his pack he's got his tent dangling around it's held together by strings and we just made it work that's all i'm going to say and we actually i remember coming across someone because we got a great photo of you and me together looking down the valley and i'm sure they were looking at us like we were absolute pros <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway anyway so we continue on and we have to to get to where i wanted to go which is just at the base of lennox falls now lennox falls is a massive big waterfall um that if you've ever walked up the Rees Valley, you would see it thundering its way down uh, from Mount Earnslaw, which is the biggest mountain in that area. And the camp I wanted is on just a little grassy flat, which is at the base of it. But to get there, you have to cross the Rees River. And so we don't like to put any sort of um, danger into our adventures, do we? But it just seems to happen. <laughs> um, so... It's kind of like one of those situations where if you go hiking with someone else and you're crossing a river, it's good to link up. However, in this case, um, the size difference between myself and Cameron means that if he got into trouble, I just, just no way, sorry my friend, that I'd be able to actually help you and you'd just drag me down. So it was kind of like... All right, Cam, uh, this is how you cross a river, <laughs> and I showed you, and then there you go. You were, you were crossing, I believe it was your first major river. Um, got a great photo of you. It's on the website, nzhikes.co.nz. Mid-river. Uh, concentration in your face is high, but uh, you look like you're having fun. And so we cross over the river, and then we scramble our way up and have this amazing view. Do you remember looking back up? at the waterfalls and we just lay back and just passed a bottle of whiskey between ourselves. I don't even think we had glasses, we were just swigging it straight from the bottle. Um, and for about, I don't know, 30 to 50 seconds, it was really, really cool. Like everything was really, really good. And then you, my friend, got introduced to Tenamu for the first time. Go on. Do you remember Tanamu? I, I, no, I have no memory of Tanamu. What's Tanamu? So Tanamu is the friendliest creature you'll find in the most beautiful parts of Aotearoa New Zealand. Now, of course, in Aotearoa New Zealand, we don't have any massive predators. Um, there's no bears, there's no wolves, there's no lions, there's no tigers. And the only thing you really have to worry about is tiny. It's this tiny little thing. The problem is, though, there's thousands of them, and they want your blood. Oh, the sand and they flies. They want it bad. Yes. Oh. I have so, no, I have no memory I, of this. I must have, I must have blocked it out. Okay, I think you just got, you know, a few too many whiskeys later. But I just remember you just, and the thing, and I just keep trying to tell you, and sometimes, folks, it's just near on impossible. And this is why you want to find this person and stand beside them. So the sandfly will go after a heightened blood pressure. <laughs> so if somebody's panicking and swatting the sandflies away, that's the target they'll go for. So like I said, if you're out in the sandflies and you see somebody panicking and swatting them away, just go stand beside them because you're not going to get bothered. Uh, so I remember for most of the night just these screams of 
anger. And then just before the day finished, I remember you going into bed, just getting sort of settled down. You had your own tent. I had my little tent. And then I hear, they're in the intent. <laughs> and they, I believe they just tortured you all night long. So um, in the morning, I think you're pretty happy to get up and get the hell out of there. But I think overall, you did enjoy it. Um, oh, I definitely had fun. Multiple, mm, and multiple times you have come back um, to the fine now, uh, wilderness of Aotearoa, New Zealand. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the trip where we saw the guys stuck in the mud? That is. So that uh, we haven't quite got to that part yet. Because so, I've got so, some things to say about that. So you, you, but you keep yep. going. You keep going. So there have been a bit of rain in the valley. Not a huge amount, but that's why the river crossing, it was clear and nothing unsafe about it. But the Reese River, big river. So uh, you've got to be careful when you're crossing it. So we had to cross back to the other side and we crossed back to the other side. And then we start making our way back down the valley. And the valley has a four-wheel drive track in the middle of it. Quite a, um, I would say, tricky four-wheel drive track. And we were probably oh, three to four hundred meters away. And you could see the angle that this truck was sitting on. And you just knew it was completely stuck from miles away. And so we get closer and we're like, yeah, we can definitely see that they're stuck. And we, we like, what are we going to do? We, uh, <laughs> we don't want to get covered in mud like the guys that were trying to push it backwards and forwards with no hope whatsoever. It was so stuck down. Um, so we did our best, and I'm sure you'll remember this, to just avoid eye contact, but they <laughs> did see us and did call out to us. And all we could do is just say, you know, that we'll talk to the farmer if we see him. Um, I don't really know what else we could have done in that situation. All right, all right. And I, off we went. I'm, I'm just going to stop you yeah, there, Yeah, go, Mark. shoot, shoot. Now, 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 I've got a story for you, <laughs> listeners. Now, it's not very often that I tell the story. Uh, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump in here with Cam's perspective on on this little encounter that we had. The day was hot. The beautiful plains of New Zealand were spread out in front of us, and uh, we were trunching through, uh, you know, somewhat boggy uh, boggy ground. And uh, Mark does indeed spot a four wheel drive from miles away, and the first thing he says is, "They're stuck." Instantly, he knew. So that that guiding experience. Uh, or whatever he just he just knew, but of course we had to walk that way. Now coming upon the car, uh, we met three uh, young tourists. Uh, I believe they were British, and I just remember them pleading, pleading with us to help give them a push. And our intrepid adventurer Mark, oh nah, nah, that's not going to move. No, nothing we can do there. Oh well, well can't we just give it a go? Can't, can't, can't we just... Sorry, British. Can't we just give it a go? Nah, nah, you're stuck. Sorry, bye. <laughs> and, uh... Well, yeah, I'm not gonna... Yeah, I get that. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we left them. Uh, abandoned them. Not before making them pose for a photo. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I forgot about the photo part. <laughs> So after we abandoned these people, <laughs> we continued on our st we continued on our trip. Uh, Mark, I'm going to tag you back in now. 
Yep, and so then we went back to Queenstown, and I think we got on it and had a great night out. Yay! Yay! Um, so, <laughs> so that was trip number one, and that was part number one of this two-part story that we have going on. Um, so that's going back 2012, and that was the first time. It was quite cool. I do remember just being quite proud to be like, hey, look at what I'm doing, because it's way cooler than the thing I was doing before, which I wasn't really proud to show anyone. So well, you had that was cool. You had a string of just terrible. I need a paycheck jobs. So I'm just I'm going to shame you a little bit here, but I think you have broad shoulders. No, you can no, put up with the it. The truth hurts. Um, <clears throat> jobs Mark has had um, working at KFC, I believe. KFC. It was McDo- McDonald's. Oh, it was McDonald's. Okay, so working at McDonald's. McDonald's. Now that's okay. That's plenty of good people work at McDonald's. Uh, packing underwear into into uh, cardboard packets. I believe that was one of your jobs, correct? Yeah, tough. Tough. Yep. Tough one. Uh, stripping deer velvet off of, uh, in a factory, stripping yeah, deer velvet on. off of horns, off of deer horns. Yeah, probably should have had like face masks and everything <laughs> that we were doing, but it didn't matter. It was um, all right. Did you work at the Teagle factory as well, the chicken factory? No, I didn't know. No, no you I were just chicken factory adjacent. Anything. That's right. Yeah, I worked at a different chicken factory, but it was live chickens, not cooked and processed <laughs> chickens. Yeah. yeah. So kids, stay in school. <laughs> well, more, more. Now, kids, kids, I'm not saying don't stay in school. Your old Uncle Marky here. What I'm saying is find your passion. Yeah. Find your passion because then you never work. Yeah. It's, you never it's, have to it's, work. It's very true. Like, you either have to find something like, like, you can't, you don't find something that you do for free. Like, I'm a teacher and I love being a teacher. I still wouldn't do it for free. Like, Absolutely, like, yeah, yeah. You know, because you can't survive. <laughs> you can't survive, yeah. But you've got to find something that you can get into. You know, like where yeah. were we? Story, story so, two. Yep, story two actually jumps quite far ahead, and in between that has been a few trips back to the shores of Aotearoa, New Zealand. We've gone on a few more adventures, and those adventures have gone smoothly. Nothing to talk about there for today. So uh, <laughs> we get now to 2019 now by 2019 we're going quite a few years later we uh we've both completely changed and so i've gone from guiding on the rootburn track to now the team leader on the fjordland navigator and the fjordland navigator of course the big cruise ship that goes around patia doubtful sound is where i hurt my hip but of course all that good stuff hadn't happened yet I was still just the team leader. Um, and uh, what were you up to, Cam? 2019. 2019. So three years ago. Uh, Around Christmas time. 2000. Oh! Yeah, you're saying, um, yeah, when I got married. Exactly. So, over here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, um, I get a... I think it was just an email first, but you may have sent, a, I do know I got a card. I don't know whether it came first or not, um, but it was more no question, you know, because I, I was asked to be one of the groomsmen at this wedding and it was no question about it. I'm going to go. But there was a just a mild, slight, minor issue, Cam, and, and what do you think that is? Um, work. No. Uh, passport. 
It's the it's the location. Oh, it's the yes. location, folks. Yes. Um, see, me being in Fiordland, which is the southern tip of the South Island of Aotearoa, New Zealand, and Cam being way, way, way over the globe in Winnipeg, you really it would be hard to find a place that's further away. Well, it's it's funny. Um, you're you're in like if you look at the um, if you look at the standard classroom uh, Makeda projection map. You are the most southeast you can possibly be, and I am almost the most northwest you can po- you can poss- you can possibly be. Very convenient. Yeah. Very convenient. <laughs> um, but as you can tell, folks, by now with the you know the pre-build up about how long we've known each other and all that sort of stuff, and what we've been through, you know, it's just you make it work for your mates, even if they are the most inconvenient place on the planet, literally. <laughs> Sorry um, about that. So, yeah, <laughs> that's all good. So for me, um, when I was working on the Navigator uh, in Fiordland there, we worked seven days on, seven days off, or as the people on the Navigator say, six days on, uh, sorry, six days off, eight days on, due to the travel that needs to happen. But what I managed to do is I think that I went out one day earlier, but I managed, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to condense a trip from New Zealand to Canada and back again within just on a week. And uh, do we do another, I suppose we'll go into another uh, intro, because this is another story. So uh, (laughs) take it away, Cam. (laughs) Uh, Mark, take us on another mesh. (laughs) Okay, I will. All right. Uh, So folks, over here, we were in the nice, warm... December weather, and over in Winnipeg, not so. So coldest, or coming up to the coldest time of the year over there. And I've been warned, so I was warned that I could be facing anything between minus 20 to maybe minus 30. And being a mountaineer and someone who loves going out into the wild, the cold more just interests me. I'm really sort of obsessed with what the human can do in cold weather, considering a lot of people around the world call it bad weather. Now, they call it bad weather because they don't like it. So, you know, a rain lover calls rainy day good weather. So it's all perspective. Yeah, we have a saying Uh, over here, there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So way before even buying my tickets, I've been given a big heads up that I've got to get ready uh, for the cold. Um, also, the wedding itself was just before Christmas. And if anyone out there has traveled, they'd know just before Christmas, it's uh, normally a quiet time, isn't it, Cam? Not many people wanting to travel around just before Christmas, do they? <laughs> no, who would want to get somewhere <laughs> to, to Christmas? Who would want to be home for the holidays? <laughs> so... Um, I was glad I got a big, uh, you gave me quite a good um, heads up and so got all the flights and everything organized and the flight for me was from Christchurch to Auckland, Auckland to Sydney, Sydney to LAX, LAX to Vancouver, Vancouver to Winnipeg and so I thought I'm up to that, I've traveled to Nepal and that's a reasonably big flight. And uh, quite a while ago, I have been to Canada, so I've been to Vancouver. So um, I kind of knew the flight. I knew I could do it. 
However, what I wasn't ready for um, was the point when I touched down in LAX. So for anyone who's been through LAX, they'll know that you, even if you're not traveling to America, you have to go through the whole thing and then go back through the whole thing to get on to your connecting flight. And my connecting flight was up to Vancouver. So of course, I've got to go through customs. And here I am. Now, folks, um, I wouldn't say that I'm the most clean cut person. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm a dodgy looking person, but when you walk through customs and say you're going to Canada and they say for how long and you say three days, (laughs) you do get an odd look. And so I had to explain that twice, once on the way into the country and then once on the way back out that no, no, it's just a really good mate and you know, that's the only spare time I had because I was working this week on, week off as a team leader on the Navigator in Fjordland. So, um, yeah, I, I got a few strange looks but managed to get through. And then I'll, uh, I'll never forget because it was just such a cool irony. When I got onto the plane, the last flight from Vancouver to Winnipeg, just by complete chance, I was sitting with a group of Nepali students and they were on an exchange program. Uh, between the Winnipeg University and the university they went to back in Nepal. So what an awesome coincidence just to happen to be with some guys that I could go, hey, I've been to your country. I think it's pretty sweet. And so we had this good chat and I told them all about New Zealand and everything. And then as we are coming into land, these boys seem to go a little bit quiet. The reason they went quiet is because in the darkness we started to fly down and you could see the ground and as soon as you saw the ground it was completely white and these poor boys who were from a a reasonably warm part of Nepal they weren't from the mountainous part they were looking at the first of their life in the frozen world (laughs) and so from the window as we were taxiing our way into the Winnipeg airport these boys were thinking of their reality. They were zipping up their coats. <laughs> and uh, I just remember wishing them all the best. And then off I went, um, coming out. And it was the middle of the night, wasn't it? It was like 1 a.m. or something like that. Um, and on a buzz from uh, landing, I haven't really slept that much. And there was pretty much just you. I remember the airport being super, super quiet. And we went back. I, I Did I meet Kate then? I yeah. Yes. I, yeah, we dragged her out of bed, didn't we? Yep. And then we kind of sort of got a, like an hour or two's sleep. And then a wedding happened. Actually, actually so. Mark, it's funny, just to tie it back into your first story, uh, we actually sat, sat around a table and drank some whiskey. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah, into the wee hours. We had some catching up to do, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and so then we, um, we set out. I had to get a suit. I'd had all the uh, measurements made up and um when we went out to get the suit was the first time i'd actually got out of a car and like just was in winnipeg very cold very frozen um cool place literally and i kind of found it interesting just because i'd never been there but do you know what makes winnipeg cam what the people yeah Person after person that you introduced me to was just like, oh, this person's rad. Oh, this person's cool. I like this person. <laughs> and so we got to meet all of your crew. Then we did a um, a little bit of a rehearsal. And this is all just crammed into this three days. Mm. And so then 
the wedding happens and of course you know you have to go off uh, you two virgins and uh, <laughs> you know you're married now so yeah we, yeah we 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 can yeah exactly we 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 don't have to we don't have to to control ourselves any longer yeah yes <laughs> um so i was just left with the team and so the big thing that i planned was right i'm not going to go to sleep now because my flight was at about 6am and so i ended up going back to someone's house like oh, trucker I'm really annoyed that I, well, it was a trucker's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was trucker. And yeah. um, we just we and I showed him like videos of New Zealand and hip hop that we liked. And then it was like, all right, the Uber's here. Or I don't even know would it have been an Uber, something. The taxi came around. Yeah. And off I went, and that was my Winnipeg experience. And I got into the flight from Winnipeg because I did the exact same thing in reverse. And I don't really remember much of the flight from Winnipeg to Vancouver. But I definitely remember now looking as shady as possible. I would have been super pale, no sleep. But I have to do the LAX thing again. And once again, I have to explain that I've only, you know, three days in Canada. And now I'm going back home to the place that's the opposite of Canada. And I get these looks and, oh boy, what what an epic trip it was to get back home. But finally got back home... Lucky you didn't get the rubber glove treatment. <laughs> well, I thought at one stage because um, I just forgot I had water in a bottle, and oh, you, know, you no. can't have liquid in a bottle these days. So, and the lady was quite nice because she stayed with me. She helped me like tip it out, and then she got me back to the front of the queue. It was like the one time a customs person was actually like, "Hey, let's help this poor guy out," yeah. uh, instead of judge him and wonder <laughs> what he's doing for this like. One in, one out trip to Winnipeg. Um, but yeah, like secondary fun as well. Like it was a bit of torture to get home. But once I got home, man, what an experience. Good people, good times. Um, and I can say good food because I had that strange meal that you all seem to have at about 11 o'clock at night, which is like chips and <laughs> cheese and stuff all over them. Great. The, the, the ch- chips and gravy cheese. <laughs> Dear listeners, he's talking about poutine. Just, just so you know, poutine, poutine. is what he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, and that, that's that's the second part of our story. So he came over here. I had to, I had to go back over there, and uh, yeah, somehow managed to cram it all into seven days. I was um, I was so I was so gutted when well I was gut I was I was blown away that you were coming, and I was super stoked. But I was gutted that we couldn't couldn't get you out on a mesh while you were here. Like just the timings, mm. it just it just couldn't mm. couldn't happen. Like and like even even trying to go out and like have a good like party fun night or something, it's like uh, I'm dead and I'm jet lagged. But I I'm did glad suggest you that you you um that you go to Kate and just say, hey, you've got this, eh? And we, me and me and the boy here are going to go out on a mesh. <laughs> I did suggest that. I don't think you're too keen on that. I think for some reason you had to help as well. Well, I like, thought the bride did everything. All I have to do is sign the paperwork. I mean, I don't really have to be yeah. there, do I? Like, we yeah. can sign the paperwork at any time, Kate. <laughs> and that's another thing. I want to see Kate not during her wedding getting it all sorted stage because she was a little bit on edge. Oh, maybe a wee and bit. And I know she's way super more chill than that. So um, I'm coming back Winnipeg one day. Yeah, oh, you know, yes, yes. Yeah, the, my wife, definitely chill. Absolutely. 
<laughs> and yes, you do mm. have to come back to Winnipeg, and you have to come in the summer, so that we can take you yep. take you on a proper mesh, because there's some beautiful spots here. Like we don't we don't have the mountains, obviously, being on the prairies, but like if you want like nice, flat, beautiful walks around lakes, whew, yep, we got quite a lot of those. You got them. You got them. Yep. We got them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that was a nice little two for one there. Me going to visit you and then you going to visit me. That was lovely. Well, there you go. And it's uh, just shows you folks just a little bit of, um, you know, bringing us into it and you learned a bit about us. It's all personal here. That's what we're, we're all about. Yeah, that's... There's that's, no... Uh, yeah, there's no, there's no pretense yeah. here. There's no... Uh, it's just, it's just, just us sort of catching up which is the real, real reason why we started this podcast really to give ourselves an excuse mm. once every once every now and then to just sort of have a chat and um yeah and go from there oh well, that's nice you should see the smile on my face i'm smiling ear to ear oh excellent oh, i was hoping it would work out like that that or you would have cut me off ages ago and i've just been on mute for the last half an hour or so oh no mark you don't have to worry that happens in the edit <laughs> oh, okay excellent Excellent. Now, Mark. All right. It's time for a very yes. special segment. It's oh, I can't wait. Talking to Rayo with Mark and Cam. Hey. Bad. Not bad. All right. Take I it think away. We're getting Mr. better Mike. at that. We're getting better at that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, listeners, as always, um, just to explain, uh, I will be spelling a Tarao Māori word, uh, the indigenous language of New Zealand, uh, for Mark. Uh, Mark will be taking that word uh, and he will be pronouncing it uh, in the customary uh, way. Now, the correct way is, of course, the indigenous people, the Māori of New Zealand way. Uh, but then he's also going to give us uh, the standard white New Zealand butchering of uh, said word. And you can play along at home as we spell this out. Uh, and of course, as always, I will be following that up with the confused North American version of how to say the word. And, and may I just, just step in there, Cam, just for a mm. second. There's no malice. There's no, there's nothing. <laughs> we're not, we're just pointing out that it's the truth. And <laughs> it's just what happens here. And we'd like to change it. We'd like people to bang out some um, good pronunciation but some just don't yeah um, some this, you can they just don't so it's just it's and that's that's it's part it's 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 one of it's one of the uh it's part of our colonial past that we're still wrestling with um but anyway mm. uh without further ado <clears throat> now this is a word that you have used in the podcast before it is a place name uh and it is spelt t e space a n a u well, Cameron, that there is the place that I'd love to be right now because I own a home there, and it is Tiano. Hey, well done, Kapa, Kapa, brilliant pronunciation. Uh, yes, uh, you're on a real hot streak at the moment, Mark. I'm going to give you ten out of ten for that yes. one. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, rightly so, as it is where you live. Uh, now, Mark, if you wouldn't mind, please give us the uh, white New Zealand. Um, or as we might say, Pakiha pronunciation. Tianya. <laughs> and once again, Tianya. So um, there has been a, a little bit of talk about it lately as well. I think a few the old schoolers of the past are getting annoyed with getting told that they're pronouncing it wrong. 
And let's just face it, like, if you've grown up calling it that your whole life, and everyone else has called it that your whole life, once again, like I said before, there's no malice here. It's just, it's not supposed to be said like that. Yeah, well, it's gonna it's gonna to make you here. dig your dig your heels in, isn't it? Don't tell me, I, don't mm. tell me, I can't tell call my own place where I was born. It's where I was born. Mm. Yeah, that's right, that's yeah. right. But um, totally wrong the way you're saying it, Tiania, Tiano, Tiano. the correct. Yeah. Now uh, I'm gonna do my confused North American version, um, because it, that's always Excellent. funny. Now, the North Americans, as we say, they pronounce every vowel, and oh boy, there's a lot of weird vowels in this word. Um, <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do a little performance here. Honey, honey, where are we? I can't find us on the map. It says Tia now. Tia now. I have heard many many a time. And once again, nothing against our North American counterparts. Uh, we you are welcome, no matter how what way you say it. Um, but just in case you missed it, Tia no. Is better than Cam. Uh, to now, to now, to now. Brilliant. <laughs> now, to, to be fair, if our positions were reversed and we were trying to, and we were trying to, uh, um, you know, if we were trying to do like Inuit pronunciation, uh, <laughs> I'm sure that we would have just, just as much, just as much trouble being outsiders that way. Uh, it could. It could and, and and and. Yeah. Yeah, well, like it's and that there is then up to the guides and to the people that talk and teachers and whatnot, mm. um, the people that talk to the public. Like, you've got to learn that, you know, the what you're saying. And this just goes back to the old schoolers who may have worked in that place for many, 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 many years, calling it that. Um, yeah, like it, it sort of spreads. If you're calling it the wrong thing, then other people are going to call it the right, wrong thing. So, yeah, and it's like to even, get a place name right. Even using the word wrong, I think, puts people on edge because, like, how can it be wrong? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. how I've always pronounced it. It's how everyone I know yeah, has yeah. always pronounced it. So maybe, like, but then if you try and use a different term, like, well, you know, culturally sensitive, then that just makes them even angrier. Because it's like, why should I be sensitive to other cultures? Which is kind of like saying, why shouldn't I be a jerk? All right. right. Well, very well, good. Now, uh, Mark, we've talked, we've laughed. What are you? Uh, what do you got uh, lined up for us next week? Oh, well, Cam, I'll tell you what. Because we haven't really been consistent with uh, me saying what I'm going to do next week. Uh, <laughs> this time, we're going to be honest, and I'm going to say we're going to have to leave it until next week. Now, it will be epic, and because this one was, you know, going to Winnipeg's not exactly going into the wilderness, and NZ Hikes is all about getting into the outdoors. So next week's one, I promise, folks, it will be a doozy, and it will be in the mountains. There'll be excitement. There may even be a little bit of interesting situations going on. We all know about them. Mm -hmm. um, but I won't lie and say that I've got one lined up. I'm going to okay. actually take a good think about it, and then um, we'll get back to you next week. Well, I'm going to uh, – I shouldn't have sprung that on you. I'm going to try – I've made it part of the official structure of the podcast that I'm going to ask you at the end of every episode. Uh, as like cool. a, as, I'll be ready next like time. A hint. Yeah, so be, be ready from, from now on in. Yep. All right. Well, listen, listeners, uh, or, or 
Ben Dub Nation, as uh, we're gonna we're gonna yeah. call you once <laughs> once everything takes off. Um, as we're recording this, we've actually just started posting episodes, so we had about three or four episodes built up, and uh, we've just started posting them. So you guys are gonna catch up with uh, the recordings is gonna catch up with the with the with the postings. So we're all up and running on social media. Um, so as I said at the start. Um, nzhikes.co.nz that's Mark's website instagram.com slash nzhikes facebook slash nzhikes we also now have a uh, email it's bushwhacked not the wrestlers at gmail.com and uh, also we've got a twitter uh, it's at bushwhacked pod um, but I don't know how to use it so once again please join the twitter and tell me how I'm sp- what I'm supposed to do with it. Um, cause, cause You'll be I part of the know. team. Yeah. We need your help. We need your help. Be part of the team. Um, also, when you uh, follow us on any of your major podcatchers, all you have to do is search for Bushwhack, Not The Wrestlers, and we should pop up. Um, uh, give us a five-star review. Uh, apparently, that's very important. Um, because we just want our podcast to be in front of people. Like we just want to be given the mm. opportunity to be listened to and then dismissed, rather than just not even getting to be dismissed. You know, because no one knows that we exist. Mm. So, yeah, give us a chance. Give it like we... five or six episodes and then dismiss us. Yeah, exactly. But don't dismiss us yet. Like, like yeah, give us another <laughs> three or four at least. That's all we're asking. That's not much. And uh, I've I've seen the statistics. We know you're listening. We 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 have the data. So let us know who you are. And thank right. you, thank you. Yeah, yeah thank we you. appreciate that. Yeah, so we send do. us an email. Send us an email. Um, add us on Twitter. You know, comment on Mark's on the Instagram page nzhikes.co.nz. Just let us know who you are. You know, we we want to know who yeah. our audience is. We'd we'd love to hear some uh, some feedback from you guys. We um, might even end up talking to you. Who knows? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Who knows? Yeah. Now, Mark, you had a special announcement, I believe. I do. Um, now. Potentially, the timing is going to be a little bit advanced. So the book that uh, me and my mother have spent long, long time, many, many hours making, and it's the first of many books. People have asked for books about the stories that I write about on the Facebook and Instagram pages, and we've got it. It's at the printer at the moment. Uh, I've been looking at a rough copy of it, and it looks awesome. Now, the book's purpose is actually to raise funds for Active Hearts Foundation. And the Active Hearts Foundation, started by an excellent man by the name of Dan Buskeys, and uh, or Dan Keys, depending on what day you're talking to him. He started a little charity over there in Nepal, and he asked me to come over and get involved, and I was instantly hooked. So the book, the purpose of it, it's a bit of a 50-50 thing. Now, of course, we've got fees that we have to pay. And once that's paid, all proceeds go to the Active Heart Foundation. And that'll be towards projects. Now, we're actually looking into a project that we can dedicate the book to. And then the other half of it actually goes towards my airfare. Because I want to get back there and I want to get involved myself as well. So, like I say, all proceeds go to the Active Hearts Foundation. And now it's activeheartsfoundation.org. They're online there. You can check them out. Great organization, great bunch of people, people I want to get back and see. And I'm thinking a good way to do that is with this book because you guys get to see the book. I get to go back and see the team. And then I'll write more stories about it. Hey. 
Now, uh, listeners, I have had a, I've had I have had a read of the rough copy of the book. Um, it's absolutely filled with beautiful photography of uh, Mark's adventures. And um, if you like listening to our pod, um, you'll enjoy reading Mark's stories. He uh, he brings his uh, I like to call it his usual laconic yet passionate uh, prose to uh, everything that he writes about. So yeah, I'd say pick it up. Oh, people are messaging about it already. There oh, it's all on. It's all on. It's all on. <laughs> well, I'm busy. i got to go. There's things happening. Kia ora, folks. Thank you very much. Thank you, Cam. I'm out the door. Kia ora, See Mark. See ya. Peace. Namaste.